0: hi, hi everyone. everyone i'm john
1: and i'm georgia and we're here inside
0: your ears to
1: talk about the mac and cheese of movies
0: this, this is, is comfort, comfort films.
1: films hello everyone and welcome to episode seven of comfort films podcast this is the ghostbusters episode yes it is uh, thank you to everyone who's been listening and if you're new to us this week welcome Uh, We did a really fun thing to tie in with last week's Back to the Future episode where over the weekend we went out and we shot some photos at some of the filming locations and we were fortunate enough to have Paul from This Week in the 80s on YouTube share our post on his social media. Thank you, Paul.
0: Thank you, Paul.
1: And everyone uh, go to YouTube and check out his amazing show if you're kind of an 80s movie junkie. I guarantee you'll love it. He kind of goes week by week and talks about what all came out in the 80s each week. And you will cry for the state of movies today.
0: Music and movies, which is really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, you'll just, you know, you'll have envy of the 80s people who got to have all this great uh, media. And then also uh, Gamble House played the role of Doc Brown's exterior home in 1955. Mm Mm-hmm shared uh, one of our pictures as well that we took there and that is in Pasadena it's an amazing example of American craftsman style architecture which is actually my favorite kind so it was wonderful to go out and see that um, and we really appreciate them sharing our photo that was awesome
0: it was great and they added a little Doc Brown <laughs> on the stairs of the house
1: so yeah upgrade right that was really funny we, we both had a real big laugh about that
0: yeah very cool people over there thank you so so much you are awesome yeah. and paul thank you too
1: definitely um so if you have been with us before you know this but if you're new please be aware that we do uh spoilers here so we're going to start with the synopsis uh, which will give away any and everything about the movie so if you haven't seen ghostbusters please check it out Um, and also check yourself (laughs) because how did that happen? I mean, I know, and that's coming from me who didn't see E.T. until it was re-released in theaters.
0: So, at this point, I think E.T. is more forgivable than Ghostbusters.
1: I fully agree with you. Yeah, I think Ghostbusters is. Uh, you have to have seen Ghostbusters. Seminal.
0: So. I would use the word seminal.
1: But yeah if you haven't please do that uh, and then come back to us. Uh, so John's going to read a synopsis.
0: All right everyone hang on here comes the synopsis of 1984's Ghostbusters directed by Ivan Reitman. In New York City three university employed paranormal researchers. Ray Stance played by Dan Aykroyd Egon Spengler, played by Harold Ramis, and Peter Venkman, played by Bill Murray, are fired from their jobs, just as they discover incontrovertible evidence of ghosts. They start a private paranormal investigation and spirit containment company, aptly titled Ghostbusters. Their first customer is professional cellist Dana, played by Sigourney Weaver, whose fridge is haunted by an evil entity named Zuul. Venkman is instantly infatuated with Dana, and he goes to her apartment to investigate, while Ray and Egon hit the books. Later that night, the Ghostbusters get a call from an upscale hotel that is having a serious haunting problem, and it's the perfect opportunity for the guys to try out their new ghost containment equipment. Egon quickly notes a minor fact he'd left out before. If the containment streams from the proton packs are crossed, it will cause total protonic reversal and kill them in a spectacularly painful fashion. After causing significant damage to the hotel, they manage to trap the green potato-shaped ghost named Slimer. The Ghostbusters triumphantly exit the hotel with a healthy fee for services rendered, and calls pour in from all over the world as fast as their receptionist Janine, played by Annie Potts, can answer them. The workload becomes so heavy that the guys hire a fourth Ghostbuster, Winston Zedmore, played by Ernie Hudson. Peter Venkman meets back up with Dana to advise her that they've located information on Zul, a demigod and the minion of Gozer worshipped by the Hittites, Mesopotamians, and Sumerians. That night, Dana becomes possessed by the gatekeeper Zul, and her pest of a neighbor, Louis Tully, played by Rick Moranis, becomes possessed by another monster, Keymaster Vins Clortho. Running wildly through Central Park, Vince is picked up by the police and brought to the Ghostbusters. Ray discovers structural anomalies in Dana's building that serve as a gateway to the beyond, and he and Winston discuss whether current events could point to a biblical end-time scenario. Demonstrating the worst possible timing, the EPA raids the Ghostbusters building and orders the containment field to be shut down, releasing unimaginable amounts of ghostly energy. Ghosts descend on every corner of the city, with a great number congregating at Dana's building. Vince Clortho escapes in the chaos to unite himself with the Gatekeeper and bring about the arrival of Gozer. The Ghostbusters head to the roof of Dana's building and order Gozer to return to her place of origin, but she refuses to negotiate with non-gods. After they try, and fail, to contain Gozer, she invites them to choose the form of their destructor. Peter tells the group not to think of anything, but Ray fails, and the group is attacked, by a King Kong-sized, stay-puffed Marshmallow Man. They shoot at the Marshmallow Man, but only manage to set him on fire. The group discusses their options, and Egon says that crossing the streams to reverse the particle flow through the gate is the only way to send Gozer back. All four men agree on the plan in spite of the great risks of their lives, and they succeed, blowing the roof off of the building and obliterating the stay-puffed Marshmallow Man, who turns into liquefied Marshmallow Fluff. Both Dana and Lewis survived inside the baked husks of Vince Clortho and Zool. Dana finally succumbs to Vankman's charms, and the Ghostbusters descend to the street to join the citywide celebration.
1: So, when we went to talk about who chose this movie, we forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Cause we probably both did.
0: It's just one that I I mean, it's always there. You always think of it. It's like you've always seen it. You were born seeing it. Yeah, exactly.
1: You know? No. I mean, and I guess that's what I would ask, I think, both of us, is why did we choose the movie?
0: I'd say I chose this movie because it was a lot of the old SNL greats. You know, in my family, everyone was a huge fan of Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, all those guys that that came up at the beginning of Saturday Night Live. So it was was a shoe-in. You know, that was just like a definite for us. Yeah, And it was rated PG, so that was great. I mean, it was a hole-in-one for us. So, I mean, going to see that movie with my parents, an absolute great time. You remember the song, you know, the Ghostbusters song. Of course,
1: every kid was running around singing that. Yeah. In 84.
0: That was the coolest song that there was at the time. And all the music in the show is really strong. Yeah. I mean, when we go back, I look through at the list of people that play on this, and I'm like, holy smokes, there's a lot. Yeah. You know? I was taking a look at Spotify and I was like, I'm going to play these songs.
1: Yeah. There's more good than I. I mean, I only remember the Ray Parker because it's super iconic.
0: Well, it's. Yeah. There's that. There's that song Saving the Day by the Alessi Brothers, you know? Yes. That's Saving the Day. So I'm like, yeah. Then there's Cleaning Up the Town by the Bus Boys. That
1: one I shazammed because I thought it was so good this time.
0: It's fantastic. The Bus Boys are the same people that did The Boys Are Back in Town for 48 Hours. Mm. Oh, okay. Yes, there was a guy named Mick Smiley that sings a song called "Magic," very haunting song. At the end, when they have the containment unit explode, yeah, you know they have this really like kind of spooky song playing "Magic." That's cool. Yeah, and I was like, I always wondered who did it, and guy's name is Mick, Mick Smiley. Mick
1: Smiley. Now we know. Yeah. So yeah, I think I would have picked this because. I also am pretty sure I saw this with my whole family mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Yeah, whether we actually went to the movies, which would have been very odd, but I think we might have, um, or just watched it at home on HBO. It was one of those things that somehow all five of us could agree on, which mm-hmm. was really difficult.
0: That's great. <laughs> to be honest, yeah.
1: I mean, I would have been six, I guess, when this came out, um, and that would have made my sisters really little kiddos. They would have been like two two or three. Oh wow okay. um so yeah it was uh, i guess they would have turned three with, wait this came out in june
0: this came out in june i believe it was june 8th 1984
1: okay so that was two days after their third birthday wow um so they would have been little bits uh yeah. and we wouldn't have you know i don't know if they necessarily would remember us going out and see this but i feel like we probably did So, and again, yeah, my family didn't ever agree on anything when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, We all like different stuff. Yeah. My mom and I seem to have similar tastes. My dad would kind of pivot toward more like martial arts type movies or science fiction-y type things. Okay. um, Which I got into later in life. Mm
0: -hmm. But as
1: a little kid, I was really not into those things that much. I mean, science fiction apart from maybe Star Wars.
0: I was lucky because my family, we always agreed. We always agreed when we went to the movies. And that wasn't always the case when I was older. But When I was younger, it was like we just had this hive mind where <laughs> we, like, just knew, okay, this is going to be a good one.
1: That's lucky. Yeah.
0: I mean, well, in this, the other reason that I think about this movie and, and that I chose it is we used to play this Ghostbusters game a lot when we were kids. We'd each play one of the different characters. Yes. I would always be Venkman, you know. I was always really excited to do it,
1: you <laughs> know. You wanted to be the funny wisecracker,
0: of course. I mean, yeah. you know, watching these these great comedians, you know, great actors, you know, is something that I, I've done my whole life, and I, I started when I was young. Like my dad really turned me on to the right content to watch to train.
1: Yeah, that's yeah.
0: that's good. Yeah, it was. Well, it's I always really appreciated. That, that really dry wit of, of Peter Venkman. And, you know, that was something that was like, okay, this is really cool.
1: Yeah. He's got so many lines in this. Yeah. Um, Well, I have to say that you're really lucky that your family was like of one mind about movies. Yeah. Because we used to argue about it the way you and me argue about where we're going to eat for dinner.
0: (laughs) Those are intense discussions that we have. So holy, wow.
1: It gets ugly. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh
1: gosh! so generally speaking i guess this is uh we've done a horror movie already because we did the lost boys on halloween we did this is more of a horror comedy so what do you think about that genre
0: horror comedy is right up my alley because you you like the scares and you like the laughs right and i mean that that's what they say comedy is supposed to be it's supposed to be we take you to this absolute edge of uncomfortability then we let you know it's okay yeah you know, that's where the, the release comes with the laugh. And so, I mean, you pair that with horror where the whole thing is that this suspense, you know, this scary music, you know, the music cues can scare you alone at horror movies.
1: Yeah. And the jumps and oh. things like that.
0: I, I will sometimes now, now that I'm old and, and not as strong as I was when I was younger, <laughs> when I hear the music coming, I will just shut my eyes. <laughs> it's a trick I learned from my mother and I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I, yeah, I actually got busted um, on that Universal Studios ride, The Mummy, because I had taken it once before and I was really scared. And then I went and I took The Mummy ride again and they take a picture of you, yeah. you know, and I had I had my eyes shut, you know, and people were like, come on, man. Really? You had your eyes shut and I had my arms like crossed over the bar, you know, hold um... on for life.
1: I, see, I love being scared. I think it's great. I don't know. We're very different on that. Oh, yeah. Because, uh, you know, the first thing I do is scream, and the second thing I do is just cackle laughing because I always am combining being scared and laughing for some reason. But, yeah, I, I love rides like that. I don't usually get scared. I'm usually just loving it. And I love reading horror novels and things like that, too. And the thing I like about horror comedy is not just that it combines... You know, that fear and laughter mm-hmm. that is my response to being scared. But also I love camp and this Yes, and I it, love camp. And horror comedies usually are quite campy. I don't think Ghostbusters is really that campy. Not to me. It's pretty mainstream. Yeah. But I do I do love a campy horror comedy like Ghoulies. Yes. Uh something like that, where they're coming up out of the toilet. <laughs> tiny monsters
0: <laughs> when you see tiny monsters coming up out of the toilet and that is your poster for yeah. not you know one but two films and then the third film the the ghoulies go to college
1: yes of course they do and because they have why wouldn't think. They? they have their little hats i on. can't stand it oh it's the best
0: what a great franchise i mean yeah
1: if there's little monsters coming out of the toilet on the cover that's a must-see film for me i'm like throw it in the cart we're <laughs> buying it
0: Critters? Another critters. one. Oh my gosh. The hard part with critters is I don't want the critters to lose. The critters are my favorite part because yes. they're so entertaining. They're
1: ridiculous. And why are they kinda cute?
0: I don't understand. I don't know. That. They're
1: like little fuzzballs. But they're spikes. But I like I like tremors. Tremors. Tremors is, is great. Movie. Yep. Um, I mean I like a lot of really campy kind of horror movies, Motel Hell. Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. I mean I go a little bit harder than you. Yeah. With some garbagey kind of movies but (laughs) I really like them. Well you and I Like lower budget and more junk the better. I kind of love that stuff. We bonded
0: over you know a junk movie.
1: Yes this is true. Although I haven't seen it in a long time so maybe it's less junky than we thought but the first day that John and I met Um, We met because I was auditioning to be in some place that he was producing with his theater company in Boston. And uh, after the casting was done and everything, uh, we went out to dinner. And we were talking about movies. And John starts talking about this movie that he assumes no one has ever seen. And he says, oh, you know, there's this weird guy who's escaped from a mental institution. And he walks around with a little sickle. And just goes up to people and it's like no drugs, no sex, and I'm like, Happy Hell Night. (laughs) Oh yeah. John like couldn't believe I'd seen it, and that's when we probably knew we were gonna get married.
0: Exactly. That's when I knew she was the (laughs) one. I'm like, she knew Happy Hell Night. You know, Uh, I mean that movie, I I love, I love it. Like, you know. I say it's junky, but I mean it in a wonderfully loving way, like a a big bowl of Cheetos, you know, like junk food. This is my kind of junk Yeah, no,
1: I say that in no form of an insult whatsoever. This
0: is high praise. Like, if this is something that, like, I had my name on, I would dance in the street. I would show everyone this.
1: I would be thrilled. And this is another one. That's another movie that my family all came together on. By that time, it was my stepdad rather than my dad. My dad would have hated Happy Hell Night, but my stepdad was into camp and comedy and things like that. So I think the first time I saw that movie, they were picking us up from a weekend at our dad's and they said, oh, we just saw this movie and you have to see it. And they had taped it so that we could watch it as soon as we got home. And we all just laughed to death all night watching that crazy movie.
0: It's perfect. I mean, yeah. Yeah, no TV is one of his other killing things. And then he has the song. Yeah. Well, then they made it into like a punk song, right? At the end. Like they have, they sample the killer going like no sex, no TV. And then a like happy hell night kind of chorus. It's a groovy tune. It's great. Yeah.
1: But, yeah, so go see that movie, too. We're not doing a podcast about that, at least right now.
0: Yeah, you never know. In the future, it could come. Well, and, you know, one other thing I'll say just while we're on horror comedy is I was very lucky because my father was extremely funny. And in the way that you would watch Riff Tracks, MST3K, anything like that, my father would always have a running commentary with horror movies. And it was so funny. Like, he would come up with the greatest stuff. Yeah. And so I have a great association you know, with these movies. Because I just remember the imagination and the humor that he brought to these things.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, my mom is kind of like that too. Um, I remember when we were watching Halloween H20, I think, in the theater. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of ridiculous. My mom is definitely who I got the laughing at scary movies thing from. Yeah. Um, Because when I was really small, I mean, seven or eight years old, we would watch like, gory slasher movies together oh yeah and just make fun of them so i was like a second grader who was like making fun of freddy krueger <laughs> you know and things like this
0: yeah it's and i think that the humor makes the scary Okay, that yeah. was that was that was, I think, why I love horror and comedies. The comedy would keep me comfortable enough so that when that scary part came, I was like, okay, but it's gonna be funny and yeah, it's gonna be cool again.
1: Well, and I do like tremendously really scary movies too, but I gotta give it up for both kinds. Um, and Ghostbusters in particular has like this really fun playing with paranormal stuff like ghosts. Yeah. I, I, in particular, think ghosts are very interesting. We've talked kind of before about creature movies and how I'm like, eh, creatures like vampires are interesting to some extent, but maybe not my favorite. Um, I'm more interested in what they represent than actually entertained by the stories at this point, because I just think it's kind of pushed as far as it can be pushed. Um, somebody will prove me wrong tomorrow, and that's great. Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, zombies, kind of the same thing. I feel like zombies are so done to death, like, particularly right now. That's not to say I don't like zombie movies.
0: I love zombie movies. And zombies, to me, I don't know. I just like the the more human that the zombies act. Oh, yeah. That, to too. me, is, like, when I really love it.
1: Well, then you're bringing in the comedy bit again, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think that ghosts, I feel that there's just so much there. Like, you could have malevolent spirit, or you could have somebody human who died and came back, or, you know, a poltergeist, or any of these types of things. Mm -hmm. And it makes me interested in ghosts.
0: Yeah, well, ghosts are a very interesting topic, because we don't have any definitive information on any of this. Yeah. I know there's been a lot of research but then, you know, there are a lot of people that are skeptical. And then you have people that don't have, you know, any, any first-hand experience. So you just, you don't know. It, it's uh it's something where, I mean, I can't say, no, it doesn't happen. Um, can I say it does happen? I mean, I know I've, I've scared myself to death on occasions, you know, <laughs> hearing bumps in the night or, you know, seeing something or thinking I saw something, you know, at oh, yeah. night. And then it's just my own shadow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um. But, I mean, what about you? I mean, how do you feel about ghosts?
1: I I love ghost stories. Like, every October, when Halloween's coming up, and I'm looking at books to read, I generally gravitate toward ghost stories. Um, you know, I really like gothic horror books and things like that. So, yeah, I love ghost stuff. And to me, this was really fun because... It was comedic, but it really felt, like, smart, too, with, like, the ghosts. Like, it's not just, you know, there's science, I guess is what I'm saying, too. Pseudoscience, okay, but it's scientific feeling rather than just, like, this haunted house type of thing.
0: Well, I was watching um, Jimmy Fallon last night. They had on uh, Ernie Hudson, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd. And Dan Aykroyd talked a little bit about how the story came about. And it was a relative of his up in Canada. And um, they said that the person just ended up with a lot of time on their hands and they became interested in the occult. And so they had tons and tons of research.
1: I think that's probably very clear in this because it doesn't feel like, you know, made up so much as it feels like somebody who really was looking into it like i don't necessarily watch those ghost hunter type shows on television but i know they're very popular and you know i like that it's not just about you know am i going to see something it's about trying to capture a, a photo or a video or sound you know to prove it and there's kind of this you know, pseudoscience element to it that I found fun and interesting.
0: Well, what he said about it was when he looked at, you know, all of this research, he thought, hey, I have this base right here. And then what if, you know, I, I bring in this comedy element? He thought about comedies of the 30s. He thought about Abbott and Costello. He thought about the Bowery Boys. I don't know who the Bowery Boys are. Have to look that <laughs> up. But, and, and he mentioned some other greats from the time.
1: But we know Abbott and Costello and they did like Abbott and Costello make the mummy or something. Yes, Things so like So funny
0: so funny i used to watch those all the time when i was a kid yeah they would always have them on television and i was like all right you know i uh, and this is really funny side note i had like i don't know where i got it from i had a stuffed unicorn when when i was a kid and i used to sit with my stuffed unicorn and watch abbott and costello (laughs) pretty good
1: that was your little buddy
0: it was it was
1: So I actually wanted to mention one other reason that we've hit Ghostbusters this week that we haven't talked about yet, Mm -hmm. and that is because it's kind of a tie-in to Ghostbusters Afterlife, which is coming out Friday. So our episode here is going to be posted on Friday, and hopefully that same day, we're going to be able to go and check out Ghostbusters Afterlife.
0: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this.
1: I am too. This has
0: been a while.
1: Well, yeah, and it looks really fun. It looks like it's really going to capture the spirit. Mm-hmm. Of the old Ghostbusters, but with kids. I like movies with kids as the main characters. Yep, yep. Um, so I'm pretty
0: excited about it. Yeah, they've got some cool things happening. I mean, there's a lot of action that you can see. They bring back the old guys, which is cool. So you do a little tip of the hat. Yeah, and then you've got like Stranger Things kid.
1: Yeah, Stranger Things kid.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? Which and is the, awesome. And they
1: have the car. Yes. And it's like they're discovering all the old equipment and things like that. They got
0: Paul Rudd, <laughs> right?
1: The sexiest man alive, apparently. Absolutely,
0: absolutely.
1: I would call him more like America's husband.
0: I would call him like the funniest dude because I love yeah. I Love You Man. He makes me laugh in that. Role yeah. models, oh man. Oh
1: yeah, he's the he's great in Anchorman.
0: Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh
1: my gosh, <laughs> he's so good in that. It's so quick, but he's so good.
0: Everything he does is gold. Yeah,
1: we love Paul Rudd. He is good.
0: hmm
1: He's great in Ant Man. Yeah. He's great in everything.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to this, and it's it's neat because you know they had Ivan Reitman directed Ghostbusters, and now Jason Reitman is doing Ghostbusters Afterlife.
1: Yeah, and I think it's gonna be it's gonna be great because one of the things I like about Ghostbusters is that it kind of has this young at heart feel, mm-hmm. and now you're kind of combining that feeling that already exists with like young people as your protagonists. So I'm excited to see where they go with that.
0: Me too. Me too.
1: Um, do you remember when you first saw Ghostbusters?
0: Yeah. I saw it with my parents at the theater in Worcester. It was this very large theater uh, that was called Showcase Cinemas on Main Street in Worcester. And it actually used to be a vaudeville theater. And then it turned into a movie theater. And then it actually turned into a stage theater again it became the Hanover Theater yes and I got to perform there
1: yes years later stage managed that show yeah which is pretty exciting right yeah we did Shakespeare there Mm Mm-hmm. and that's really cool that you got to be on that stage after you saw a bunch of movies at that same theater
0: it felt it felt really good being able to do that it's like you bring the dream full circle
1: that's awesome yeah yeah I mean I think I'd already mentioned I we might have seen this at the movies we might have seen it at home. If my sisters were really small, we probably did see it at home. But I feel like I've seen this in a theater. Maybe just because I've seen it a bunch of times. Um, as you can tell, I'm not as uh, um, eidetic with my ability to recall in total um, detail where I've seen a movie like John. <laughs> like it's, for me, every... it's
0: just like a little like journal. It's like a little mental journal. I remember... Where I've seen most movies. I, yeah. I really do.
1: No, I know. You're very... It's like Rain Man with that. It's... I mean, you
0: know, it's an interesting skill that I have that I know a lot about movies and where I saw them. Yeah. That's... Uh, I mean, it, it didn't always help on a, a job application. <laughs> uh, didn't, That's uh, too
1: bad, because your enthusiasm level would be off the charts.
0: Well, I love to talk about it. You yeah. know, it's again, I've said there are people that are fans of all kinds of things. And and most of what I've seen in my life is people that are really big fans of sports. Yeah. But I'm really big fans of movies. Yeah. I'm a, fans? You're, <laughs> I'm really big. I'm more than so one. You're so into
1: it that you're multiple fans. But
0: correct. I'm multiple fans of movies. And I just, you know, all of it. I, I'm interested in the production, you know, the inception, the creation, all the different levels. You know, the the people that are acting it, the people that are shooting it, the people that create the effects.
1: Yes, I, I love that stuff. And I love the trivia behind the movies. So yes. Like, when I'm watching movie now, I'm usually kind of doing two screens. Like, looking at the trivia. Kind of like my own pop-up video. So who's your favorite character in Ghostbusters?
0: I would have to say my favorite character is Winston Zedmore. Awesome. Yeah. I like him because he's down to business. He just comes in, you know, and he's ready to do the job. I mean, I'm, I'm going to jump the gun here because I know this is a few points down. But, <laughs> you know, my, my favorite line in the movie comes from Winston when he's at his job interview. And, you know, Janine, played by Annie Potts, is interviewing him. And going through this litany of all of this, these ghost terminology and say, do you believe in this? 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 this?" He looks at her and he goes, you know, if there's a steady paycheck in it, I'll believe whatever you want. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's relatable. I think we've all been there.
0: Absolutely. And I, I just really, I love it. I love how straightforward he is. He is like the solid rock of the whole team. Yes. He's, he's the most normal guy. He's the most grounded guy. And he goes through this adventure where he's heading to the apocalypse. He's yeah. hanging out with Dan Aykroyd. They're having a cigarette. And they're like, you know, don't you think this is kind of like the end of the world? Yeah. And they go through it. And it's just too heavy for them. And they're like, let's yeah. do some music. You know, <laughs> they go in when they have to have the meeting with the mayor. It's the end of the film. <laughs> You know, Ernie Hudson is like, look, I've just been with these guys for a little while, but I've seen some crazy stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? He just he is he's a rock. the most
1: like normal person because like the other three guys are like paranormal researchers. So they have all this background. They' you know know about ghosts. they have all this information. Yeah, but he's just your everyman, which kind of is like us, you know, we show up. We haven't read Tobin's Spirit Guide.
0: I love I love the name Tobin's Spirit Guide. That was the thing. I mean, going back to that interview, I mean, that's what Dan Aykroyd talked about. He was so happy that he was able to bring awareness of all this this ghost uh, information to the public. He was like, now everyone knows what ectoplasm is. And he felt like it was like carrying on his uh, relative's legacy and research. That's cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was so hard when I tried to think about my favorite character this time. Because I think the real strength of this movie... Is that all the characters fit together so well? Mm-hmm. You got like your main four Ghostbuster guys. Peter Venkman is like the super sarcastic, like quick-witted guy. Ray is like this enthusiastic, excited. You know, always interested to see what's going on, but also kind of like a little kid. Yeah, kind of a guy.
0: I love that. I love his enthusiasm so much. I
1: do too. I He's... love it. He probably edges out everybody else to be just a little bit more my favorite than them. Um, Egon is, like, smart, calm, kind of unflappable, even when things are going completely nuts. Mm -hmm. And again, Winston is, like, this everyman guy who is phenomenal. Yeah. And then you have Lewis Tully, who is played by Rick Moranis, so he wins 100% because of that but then also he is possessed by <laughs> vince Clortho, which again is an amazing name love love vince
0: yeah v-i-n-z
1: yeah it's not vince it's vince Clortho. yeah i mean I, it's like it has a it's a spectral dog that has a, a first and last name sure why not i like it um but he's so funny um in this movie. And Rick Moranis is always just uh, u- uber likable and everything. This is no exception. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Annie Potts is great. Sigourney Weaver is great. Like everybody in this movie is really really good. Can't forget William Atherton either. No,
0: I was just gonna say that. Like everyone is perfect. The mayor, everyone, yes. all down the line. The the other guy that's in the orchestra with Dana, you Yes. Know? they're all perfect. The the guy at the uh, at the hotel. That doesn't want to oh, pay yeah. the bill. That he's been great. a million things. I can't think of his name.
1: He's a really good character actor, though. Really good at being that miffed, kind of rich guy <laughs> type right? person.
0: Perfect. The librarian. Like, She's we could go amazing. on and on. Yeah,
1: I, I just, everybody in this is very, very good.
0: The carriage driver?
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> the carriage driver is, like, the MVP of, like, the short role. Yeah. Like, he's, he's in it for a millisecond, and it's hilarious.
0: His line, I mean, I, I guess I'm just gonna have to mention it because it's just too darn funny. So I mean, you know, Rick Moranis is, <laughs> you know, possessed at this point, and he runs over to this horse that's a, you know, attached to a buggy, and he starts talking to this horse about, you know, what's gonna happen, you know, in this apocalypse and
1: how they're gonna take over, and that this the slaves will become the masters because yep. he thinks that the horse is like an enslaved. Um, entity
0: yep and then he like and, and then the guy that, that has the buggy is like hey pal you know what what are you doing and so vince Cloritho, rick moranis like looks at him his eyes turn red and he's like gaw, 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 yeah. and, like kind of growls at him <laughs>
1: yeah
0: and then he goes back to talking to the horse for a second and then you know moranis runs away and like trips over what looks like some groceries yeah. on the
1: ground somebody's grocery bag <laughs> and he goes away just
0: stumbling. And then the guy, you know, the driver of the buggy goes, What an asshole! <laughs>
1: <laughs> but his delivery is like so new yorky and like yeah i'm it's losing just, it's perfect
0: i lose a lot of it because i don't have that accent but that guy the look of disgust
1: Oh, uh, he hates it
0: the delivery yeah i
1: mean and living in a city i get it like you know any given day i could be looking at vince clortho out on the street <laughs> and just being annoyed you know i wouldn't know that it was a chaotic apocalyptic episode I would just be like, oh boy, here we go.
0: There's Vince. There's Vince. <laughs> There's Vince.
1: But yeah, I think everybody in this movie is unbelievable. I also have to give them super credit for how many weird things they have to say with mm-hmm. completely straight face, talking about all the reversing streams and you know, every weird thing they have to say like what you were talking about with Annie Potts like reading off that litany of things you have to believe in. Yes. Or when Rick Moranis is possessed. And he's talking about the Tor and the giant slur and <laughs> and all the people who burned in the fires of the slur that day. I tell was, you. Sorry, excuse me, roasted in the belly of the giant slur that day. I mean, they are great. They're just going off on all these things. And, you know, I don't think line memorization... Is kind of the one thing that makes you a good actor, but the fact is, when somebody can just rattle it off that naturally, Mm -hmm. it's impressive.
0: Well, and I think Rick Moranis wrote all of his own stuff, his own bit.
1: Well, that makes sense
0: because he—I had seen uh, an interview or read something with him where he said that he always goes in and he makes his own his own bits.
1: Yeah, a lot of these comedy guys do stuff like that, and it's really good even the
0: non-comedy guys do it too
1: yeah nowadays i think everybody does but i think there's it just depends on certain types of actors like jack
0: nicholson does it he writes stuff yeah mm-hmm.
1: but that's the thing Some types of some types of actors are very into like improvisation and being in the moment and changing things some of them would rather stick to a script mm-hmm. i think it's very 50 50 yeah yeah because like you're more of an improv guy
0: it's, I, I mean, it depends on what it is. But yeah, I mean, if I'm left to my own instincts, I'm completely happy with that. Yeah. You know, it gives me the, the freedom to play. I but, mean, as
1: long as you have to be prepared, you can't just be ripping it well, without
0: if you know, knowing if
1: something you, about it. Yeah,
0: if you know If you know the material, yeah. if you know where it's going. Well, I mean, and
1: you know your character.
0: Yeah, you do your research. Then, you know, you feel comfortable with it. I think that really the best way is if you have a hybrid where you have a script you know, that is strong, that gives you the facts that you can play, and then you can kind of paint outside the lines a little bit with things that you discovered on your own.
1: Yeah. I tend to be more of a lines person. I'm probably maybe because I'm Shakespearean, but also because I'm terrified of improv. Um, But at the same time, in real life, I'm always just making a terrible joke. So, I don't know.
0: You make great jokes. You make great... You always make me laugh.
1: I... That's a hard thing, too. You're not easy to to make laugh. No.
0: I mean, my dad's whole family are very, very funny people. And they, you know, really, as I grew up, again, it was like a comedy training, which was great, because I was surrounded by these people that were just hilarious. Yeah. And you would find what would work, what wouldn't work, what would make these folks laugh. So, you know, growing up with a tough room, I'm really happy that it happened.
1: Yeah. My family was very into comedy, also. Um, with my stepdad my mom. When I was a teenager, I just watched comedy all the time, whether it was movies or, like, sketch. Mm-hmm. I, I was really into SNL also, and Dan Aykroyd is my favorite person on the early SNL. Um, I loved Kids in the Hall. I loved Monty Python. Mm-hmm. I listened to the Firesign Theater records. I mean, like, we did all kind of comedy stuff.
0: Oh, and Monty um, Python said... That the only one out of the SNL group that they would consider bringing on was Dan Aykroyd.
1: Well, that makes sense. I mean, High his, praise. His style is really... I felt like he really fell into the characters well. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed a lot of his SNL characters a ton. And yeah, like I said, in Ghostbusters, he's probably my favorite of everyone. Um, even though I like all the characters and I love the way that they fit together. Because I think that's the success of the movie. I think Ray kind of is my favorite, just because, I don't know, I find him the most relatable. I'm kind of like the nerdy person who gets really excited about stuff. Yeah. And knows a lot of things, and like, you know, I would be so excited to experience things the way that he experienced in this movie with, you know, seeing the ghosts, and, and then they see the ectoplasm, and it's like... <laughs> You know, I, I just they're so excited, and I love it. I mean, Egon is excited, but Egon's excitement is like, yes, I'm very excited,
0: you know? <laughs> well, let's talk about the scene where they uh, they have Slimer, and uh, Venkman gets slimed.
1: That's actually my favorite scene, um, so I was going to talk about that anyway, but the hotel scene is my favorite. Um, I think it's hilarious. It's mm-hmm. so funny on so many levels. But it's also really exciting because it's the first time that they go out and use, like, their all their equipment, right? Yeah. So they're going to, like, test out the equipment, which is terrible because it's <laughs> super dangerous and they have no idea what it's going to do. But this is, you know, their chance. So they go to this hotel that's being haunted by Slimer, which is this ghost that's shaped like a potato and very bright green and keeps eating food that's left out yeah everything and i think vankman actually calls him a spud yeah. which i think is great because he does look like a green potato um and <laughs> he slimes peter so he uh, slimer kind of runs through Vankman yeah and leaves him covered in this disgusting goop And so Ray finds some kind of laid out on the floor covered in slime. What does he say? I can't even remember. Well,
0: he goes to him, you know, it's like you see Bill Murray on the floor, and he's kind of writhing, and Dan Ackery goes (laughs) over, and he goes, what happened? And Venkman's like, he slimed me. And he's like... uh,
1: Oh, yes, and then that's what I was going to (laughs) say. Egon is like, oh, great, save me some.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's well. It's a twofer because Aykroyd is excited that he was slimed. Yes. So you get the one, and then he gets he gets Spangler on the horn.
1: Yeah, and he, he's psyched too. Yeah. And that's the great part. Like any, uh, the other two could have been slimed, and they probably would have thought it was amazing. Oh yeah. But Vankman is the one who didn't want to get slimed, so of course he's the one that got slimed.
0: Because I feel so funky. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you know I yeah Slimer was a really cool idea also because you know i've never thought about a crazy weird potato ghost that eats all the food no it was very creative yeah and he was the character later in the real ghostbusters cartoon which i also liked me too big slimer fan so i love that and then i love how they go downstairs they go into the ballroom they shoot it all the way to to hell and back (laughs) Then, I mean, they're burning it down.
0: Yeah, and then Venkman tries to just pull the uh, the tablecloth. He's like, oh, I always wanted oh, yeah. to do this. And what, he,
1: why? And, and then know? he just
0: he, he pulls the tablecloth off this fully set table. You know, everything falls except the flowers, and he's so proud. He's like, the flowers are still standing.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it because they cut away from him, and he, yeah, but you can still hear him say that in the background, and it's like funny. But, you know, then, of course, they're leaving the hotel and the super uptight kind of hotel managers there, and they, like, hand them this bill... For like whatever five thousand dollars or something.
0: Uh, I think it four,
1: four or five. I was
0: like, wow! I thought it would be even more.
1: I thought it would be more too. I guess yeah. that's inflation talking. Yeah. Um, but you know that doesn't discount all of the major damage that <laughs> they've done and just burning this hotel down.
0: And like Egon, like is freaking out and just shooting
1: everything, <laughs> yeah. just wildly shooting on the walls and stuff. It's <laughs> it's amazing. And
0: they're supposed to be. This this big party, this fancy party taking place in the room yeah. that they've just utterly decimated.
1: Yep, yep. Yeah. They destroyed it, and they just kind of were like, yep, yeah, we did what we were supposed to do. Woo! Um, it's funny. I love so, it. I like that scene a lot. Do you have a different kind of favorite scene?
0: My favorite scene would be when Rick Moranis, Vince Clortho, is... Well, he's not Vince Clortho yet. He's still Louis Tully, and he's running... From Vince Clortho, the dog, if we want to call him that. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's running. He jumps over the wall to Central Park. He's running through Central Park. He gets to Tavern on the Green. And he's banging on the wall. He's banging on this glass wall. And there are all these, you know, fancy people having dinner inside. <laughs> and they just kind of like, you know, they don't really pay attention. Then they, they like, you know, they're like, whatever. And then he's like screaming. And then the dog comes... And, like, attacks him, and you see Tully slide down the wall, and the people just kind of look for a second. There's just this very brief pause, and then (laughs) back to dinner, you know?
1: Because that would really be what happens.
0: Yeah, it's just like, you know, don't interrupt my dinner, pal. I mean, everybody gets eaten by a demon dog. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know?
1: That's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I love everything with uh, Louis Tully, his whole areas. Mm Mm-hmm. So you already had said that your favorite line is when Zed Moore gets the job. Yeah. I mean, it's really so hard to pick out, like, favorite lines in this. I feel like you kind of have to just stay away from Venkman, because if you pick one, you have to pick them all, because oh, he just yeah. has so many just crack lines that he says that are great.
0: We came, we saw, we kicked its ass.
1: <laughs> Dogs and cats living together. It's true. This man has no dick. <laughs> That is a oh. LOL line for me I'd laugh out loud on that one just about every time when I
0: was a kid that was the one we just could never get over either that was just the one where it was like okay
1: it's okay. just great because the, he says it was such conviction yeah um, but I think I'll have to go with Winston for my favorite line as well and this is from the end of the movie Ray when someone asks you if you're a god you say yes. <laughs> I mean, that's that's advice that you can put in your pocket and take with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, every time that happens to me, I say yes.
0: Georgia, are you a god?
1: Yes.
0: See? Yeah. I, I'm glad I learned this. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Winston. You know?
1: So did you have any different reactions to watching the movie this time?
0: Still a classic. Still a classic to me. I enjoyed everything about the film even more. Because I really appreciated how every scene advanced the plot and the character. Yeah. And I liked how fast the movie went.
1: It flew. Yeah. I felt like almost, it could have been like an hour long show or Mm -hmm. something just because it went so quickly. And, you know, part of that is probably because I, I know it. But sometimes you can get fatigued by something that you've seen a bunch of times. And in this case, I don't have that at all. Yeah. I feel energized. You feel like you're going back and visiting, like, old friends in a certain way. Sure. um, And just revisiting this story that's just so fun. Um, And it was, like, a kid-friendly movie. Yeah. I mean, like, this is a really successful movie for both kids and their parents, I think. And, yes, it was rated PG, Mm -hmm. which helps. um, But also... You know, there was some kind of stuff going on that I probably didn't get when I was six years
0: old. Man, there's so much stuff I didn't get.
1: But that's what's great about it because kids, you know, are going to really respond to Slimer and the ghosts and the guns and all this kind of stuff. Like, everybody wanted to be a Ghostbuster.
0: Yeah, they did.
1: You know, but when you're an adult watching it, you there's so much to enjoy with that, too. And there's extra stuff that you probably get more of with, like, word humor and stuff like that.
0: Well, that's, that, yeah, the, the quick lines in this are what really make me laugh. Yeah. These quick interactions. And, um, yeah, like you said, every single thing that Bill Murray says is gold.
1: Yeah, he's just funny. And it just, it feels very immediate when he's doing it. So I'm sure he probably is making up some of the stuff. Yeah, and I liked Egon. I, I kind of like Egon more every time I watch the movie. Mm-hmm. Because I just think he's so funny in like the deadpan kind of a way yeah and i tend to like that more and more as i get older
0: yeah the more subtle humor really seems to land the older we get it seems yeah i i'm right with you
1: egon was super hilarious in this um when he just kind of wants to be left alone like he's the kind of guy that just wants to sit in like a lab and study everything and be left alone yeah but now you're, like, putting him into the situation where he, like, has to be around people and do all this stuff. And, you know, he's so low-key about everything. Mm-hmm. Like, when they're at the hotel and they're about to try to shoot down Slimer and put him in the containment, put him in the trap. Um, and Egon is like, oh, wait, something I forgot to tell you guys. <laughs> you know, he's like, if we cross this the streams, it causes total protonic reversal. And basically that they would die horribly. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, thanks for letting us know. <laughs> you know, he's just like, oh, yeah, I forgot to mention. Um, So I just think he's really funny.
0: Well, okay. and that also makes me think again about Bill Murray. And he goes, you know, we just need to think about the fact that we have a totally unlicensed nuclear <laughs> accelerator on our backs, you know.
1: And then Ray turns his on and it makes the noise and the two of them back away slow. Yeah. Like they don't want to be next to it. It was so funny.
0: It's great. It, it's a, yeah, this is just, this is a really good movie. We're really lucky because we had, you know, this film, you know, which was great. Then we got a sequel, yes. right? And then we had the cartoon, right? The real
1: Ghostbusters cartoon, yeah. Correct. There was another cartoon called The Ghostbusters, which was based on another property. And I remember watching that and thinking, what is this?
0: Yeah, I was confused by it as a kid.
1: Because it was on at the same time that the real Ghostbusters was on. Really? It was on the same yeah, time? Yeah, they were oh, both, wow. they both came out in 1986. Um, and the real Ghostbusters was basically a spinoff of this, except people looked really weird. That was what I thought was funny, is that Ray in the real Ghostbusters looked a lot like Dan Aykroyd. Egon had, like, this weird blonde bouffant hairdo.
0: Yeah, it looked like a like a tube of hair. Yeah. I remember this.
1: So strange.
0: I always wonder if you could surf through that, you know?
1: <laughs> it did look like a curl, like a surf curl.
0: Like the barrel. We could surf the barrel of Egon's and, hair. And, like,
1: Janine was on that, and she looked just like Annie Potts. But, like, for Egon, they somehow gave him this weird pompadour yeah. hairdo, and it was super blonde, and I was confused. Um, as to why that was happening but you know hey it was a good cartoon they had slammer I like that
0: yeah that was fun and then we got you know a bunch of toys from that which was awesome I think at one point I might have actually had Ecto-1
1: oh that's really cool I would have hated you
0: well actually maybe I just played with my friends because I don't think I would have ever gotten rid of it if I had it yeah I think I think one of my friends must have had it the Ecto-1
1: was super cool I was very into that
0: So then we had the reboot in 2016, the all-female reboot.
1: Yes. Which was
0: fantastic. We
1: just rewatched that again. There's a lot of laughs in that. And I actually got, I think I had kind of forgotten how similar that one is as far as the story structure Mm -hmm. um, to the original 84 Ghostbusters. And it was really funny and really funny women in that. Yeah. Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, Kate McKinnon. And I think both of our favorite in that movie, Leslie Jones. Yes. Probably my favorite person in real life. She's pretty so much. funny. She's hilarious. Her Instagram kills me. Yeah. I mean, her. she's the best Olympics announcer there is. Oh, yeah. I love her. And in, in Ghostbusters, she was so great because, again, it's like this everyman character, kind of like Winston. Mm-hmm. She starts to work for them, but she's like the outsider. The other three women know a ton about paranormal things and paranormal activities. She doesn't. She's just kind of your standard person who works in the uh, subway. Yeah. And starts working for them instead. And I just think she's so funny because she just sees things in a fresh way. Yeah. She's great. And now we have Afterlife coming out. I can't wait. And if you had to pick a food to describe this movie, what food would you pick?
0: What I thought about was a vanilla soft serve cone okay because it makes me think about the ghost in the ghostbusters sign
1: ah okay that's good
0: and it's a summer treat right and this like, came this out in is the a summer summer treat definitely would have had it you know and you know the way you eat and uh, a you know a soft serve cone you know it kind of makes me think about the way that the stay puffed marshmallow man explodes
1: ah see I was going that direction with my food pick mm-hmm um, I had two choices here. I was thinking about like a Brooklyn style pepperoni pizza slice. Oh, yeah. That has nothing to do with anything except New York and pizza.
0: Just sounds good to me.
1: And I love it. Always, yeah. <laughs> always good. Yeah. And, you know, Ghostbusters, also always good. You need a movie to watch? Ghostbusters is your man. You need a, some food? Why not have a piece of Brooklyn style pepperoni pizza? Yes. Warmed up in the oven. Ooh, just on get a it fresh. Greasy paper plate. Yes. So delish. Oh. But I also thought that it would kinda of be funny if you said that like a fluff or nutter since uh stay puff turns from solid marshmallow into marshmallow kind of fluff at the end.
0: Yeah. I remember kids always having like peanut butter and fluff sandwiches growing up.
1: Yeah, that's what a fluffer nutter is. Oh,
0: look at this. I didn't even know that. I was like, Oh, it's fluff. I don't know what <laughs> I I mean, I don't know. I don't know that I've had that, that just, I don't know that I'd really want to put those things together for me.
1: It's like, it's not really like a meal sandwich, you know, yeah. I mean? it's more like a sweet treat.
0: Oh, kids used to have it for lunch. Thing. And I thought it was just like, that well, was lunch. I, don't know. I
1: feel like that would be sweet for lunch, but and I, I mean, peanut butter and jelly is sweet too.
0: Yeah. And I love that. So why not the other?
1: Yeah. So that's why I didn't necessarily pick fluff or nutters because I don't know if I've had one either. I do like marshmallow fluff though. Okay. Although, they look like they're covered in more, like, shaving cream, I think. <laughs> <The little> <laughs> <way>. <laughs> shaving cream is not a comfort food. That would be fun just to have,
0: like, thrown all the shaving oh cream my gosh, on folks.
1: Yeah, I was kind of <laughs> a horrible child with shaving cream. Mm-hmm. You know, kids have weird things that they do, I guess. I certainly did. Mm-hmm. But one of my weird things is that I really loved to spray shaving cream out of the can oh that's fun and i remember when i was at my grandma and grandpa's house one time he had a fresh can of barbasol
0: Ooh.
1: and i just i was like the most well-behaved kid in the universe but once in a while i would do something and that day i just couldn't resist and i sprayed out like more than half the can into the sink <laughs> and just hey. made a giant like shaving cream mountain that's awesome so and you only used half I think I used probably almost the whole thing, but I'm trying to like be, you know, conservative and in, in making myself sound terrible probably. But I think I sprayed out a pretty good amount. It was definitely enough for it to be noticed.
0: Hey, I would have done it. I, it's, it's just a fun thing and it's one of those really satisfying things, especially when you're a kid. It's just you're like, wow, this is great. And if you did that now when you're older... People would not be like, oh, you're just a kid. They'd be like, <laughs>
1: You're you know, crazy. You're a real well, jerk, pal. But you can probably get a, a can of Barbasol for a buck at the dollar store now. So just go get one, spray it in the sink. You just wasted a whole lot of shaving cream, I guess, and water, but... Maybe you had a satisfying experience. I don't know.
0: Let's just do it. Let's just get some. <laughs> I,
1: I think we should do. I've it. I've already done it once in my life, so I'll
0: get you another one. And like, you can just do the whole thing.
1: That's just like <laughs> it's just like your special occasion. Yeah, like, for your birthday. I'm gonna birthday. get myself a can of barbasol and spray the whole thing into the sink.
0: Maybe you could do it like for Thanksgiving. Just do a little on the turkey. No,
1: just gross. give it
0: to shave the turkey. Oh no. I could you even... Oh, that would be really oh, gosh, gross. Oh
1: that's stank. That's super nasty. We went real bad there. Uh, We're supposed to be talking about comfort food, comfort films. This is Now like you're bogus. talking about shaving a turkey. <laughs> that went, went real ugly, John.
0: Hey man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> All
1: right, well, speaking of turkeys, mm-hmm. next week is Thanksgiving. Yes, it is. And uh, we usually release on a Friday, but in honor of the holiday... We're going to do a special Thanksgiving episode that we're going to drop on Thursday mm-hmm. of the fantastic seminal Thanksgiving film Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Woohoo! Starring Steve Martin and John Candy. Yes. Two other sketch comedy greats.
0: Yeah. And Steve just... Martin
1: and Dan Aykroyd, Wild and Crazy Guys. Mm-hmm. John Candy, SCTV.
0: And I read trivia that said that each one of them thinks that's their best movie.
1: Wow, that's really interesting. Yep. I think it's a great movie as well. I think that I've watched it way more since I've been with you because I know you love it. Love it to death. You're kind of like a weird fusion of Steve Martin and John Candy Isn't as a that human. Weird? So right? maybe that's why wow. it's like your two alter egos split off and made a movie together. Mm-hmm. That would really be good. That's the movie I want to see. John Macy and John Macy on the road together. Ha <laughs> ha
0: I don't know if the world's ready for that one, George.
1: <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'll write that movie. We'll see what happens. All right. All right, folks. Well, we hope that you have a wonderful rest of your week and yes. a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. Be safe if you're traveling. Please. Uh, I hope you enjoy lots of time off and lots of time with family and doing the things that you love. Watch a couple movies. Let us know what they are. Um, I'd love to hear what other people's favorite Thanksgiving films are, Yeah, because I'm always looking for a good Thanksgiving movie. Same here. I feel like there's a, you know so many Christmas movies um, that we watch over and over, but very few Thanksgiving.
0: It's always great to have a movie suited to the occasion.
1: Yes, absolutely, especially when you're doing a family event, mm-hmm. because everybody can just sit around and watch a movie together, and really, it's a nice way to spend time together mm-hmm. and enjoy yourselves, especially after you stuff yourself with food. Yeah. And you're not really up for being able to talk. <laughs> you can watch Steve Martin and John Candy instead.
0: And I'll take down like the last of the hot dinner rolls. You yeah.
1: Know? <laughs> uh, yes. And I'll just eat, you know, all the pecan pie, I guess. Ooh. That's the best part of the
0: meal. Looking forward to this. Yeah. So everyone, early, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, we'll be back on Thanksgiving with Planes Trains. Very stoked. Yeah. And stay comfy. Stay comfy.